Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Juneteenth is the nothing personal word of the day. Today is June 19th, 2020. It's Juneteenth. I want to start the show today by explaining what Juneteenth is. And the reason I want to do that is I want to stand up and be the first to tell you I didn't know what Juneteenth was. I was never taught it in high school. I was never taught it in college. I was never taught it in law school. In all conversations I've had, in all debates, pre-dark web, which I just learned about from Coca, pre, what's the opposite, the regular web? I saw that mentioned in a show, uh, Dead to Me, which I'm going to review later, I think. I just never knew it. And I did some research and I spoke to a lot of people. And I want to take a few minutes And it is June 19th. It is Juneteenth. Sometimes people are afraid to talk about things they don't know. They're afraid to say they don't know. One of the things that I tell students when I give talks to them or when I go around and give speeches to various groups of people, the words, the three words that people are afraid to say more than any other three words are I don't know. It used to drive me crazy running a baseball team when you'd ask someone a question and they would give you an answer that turned out to be wrong and they just didn't know the answer, but they were afraid to admit they didn't know. There's nothing wrong with saying you don't know. Just say, I'll find the answer and I'll get back to you. Well, I didn't want this day to pass without me telling you that I didn't know what Juneteenth signified So, in 1863, on January 1st, Abraham Lincoln signed the Emancipation Proclamation. I thought the Emancipation Proclamation ended slavery. So, it turns out that that wasn't exactly the case. The Emancipation Proclamation was actually a war strategy where Abraham Lincoln was giving a message to the Confederate states that he was abolishing slavery in the Confederate states only. He felt as though the slaves in the Confederacy were helping the Confederate states mount a challenge as part of the Civil War. So this Emancipation Proclamation... There's a civil war going on. There's the union, the, the union, the states in the union, the states of the union, the Confederate states, and then there's something called the border states. Didn't know that. The border states, Delaware, Kentucky, Missouri, and Maryland. These were states who were part of the union. 
Did you know that those were states where there was still slavery after the Emancipation Proclamation? So the proclamation is given and the Confederacy had to free the slaves in the Confederate States. The reason, if you look back, is Abraham Lincoln wanted to be very clear and certain that Maryland would not join the Confederacy because his concern was that if Maryland joined the Confederacy, Virginia was in the Confederacy, that means that the Confederacy would literally have Washington, D.C. surrounded. So he did things to ensure that those border states would remain So now fast forward to 1865. April of 1865, there was a general, his name was Robert Lee. Robert Lee, also the name of the car in Dukes of Hazard, though I could be wrong, but for whatever reason, that's in my head. General Robert Lee of the Confederate Army in April surrenders. Did that end Slavery at that moment in April of 1865, it actually didn't. What then happened is word had a spread through the Confederacy that the war was over and that all slaves need to be freed. It took several months for the Union Army to make its way south and west And it wasn't until June of 1865 that a Union army led by a man who was general named Gordon Granger made it to Galveston, Texas and read the Emancipation Proclamation. That's what took place on June 19th. It was the reading of the Emancipation Proclamation in order so that people in Texas would now be aware of what had taken place. There was no social media. Texas was so remote that it took that long. Now, after June 19th, when the proclamation was read, the slaves were not freed until December of that year. Because December of 1865 is when you needed the 13th Amendment. That's what freed and ended slavery. The Emancipation Proclamation was not a law. It was not part of the Constitution. It was not part of the Bill of Rights. It was not an amendment to the Constitution. It was a proclamation of what Abraham Lincoln wanted to see happen. And that ended up happening with the 13th Amendment. If you want to learn more about the 13th Amendment, a few shows back, we reviewed a documentary called 13th on Netflix. I strongly suggest watching it. I was fascinated to learn all of this about the Emancipation Proclamation. The strategy that it was. But Juneteenth, is now becoming a holiday. And I hope that people will learn what June 19th was, what Juneteenth is, celebrate it the proper way, 
understand how to engage people, what to say. People say that to me as a Jewish person all the time. What do I say on Yom Kippur? Do I say happy Yom Kippur? And I always say, no, that's a, actually sort of a day of mourning. So you say good Yom Kippur, you say have a healthy year. Rosh Hashanah is the new year in Judaism, so you're supposed to say Happy New Year. But no one's born knowing that. You have to be taught that. So learning what to say on Juneteenth, I asked a question. Do you say Happy Juneteenth? Do you say I'm sorry? Do you say I'm thinking about you? Do you say I love you? Do you say I'm here for you? It's okay to ask these questions. Because when you don't ask questions, you're just ignorant. And ignorance is really a partner of stupidity. And stupidity is what leads to miscommunication. And miscommunication sometimes leads to bad actors and actions. So on nothing personal, I'm saying happy Juneteenth. I'm explaining what it was. I'm thankful to have learned it. And I'm thankful for the opportunity to talk to you. In the meantime, MLB continues to battle. Today is Monday, June 15th. MLB continues to battle. Today is Tuesday, June 16th. MLB continues to battle. No, no, we have an agreement. There was a meeting in Arizona. Today is June 18th. MLB continues to battle. Today is June 19th. MLB continues to battle. What is going on? I ask the question every day. I feel like it's every day. For those of you who listen every day, you must be thinking, is he on the right notes? Is he on the right day? He's saying the same thing. What's going on? Well, guess what? It's a new day. The sun came up. And you know what the tide brought in? It brought in more statements. The commissioner had Randy Levine, who was a main labor negotiator back in 94, 95, the last time there was a strike. His job is now as president of the Yankees. Little known factoid, when I told you I was the second longest tenured president when I was fired in 2017, the first longest tenured president at that time was Randy Levine. Randy Levine had some statements that were interesting to me because I don't believe a word he's saying. And here's why. Randy Levine said he's very disappointed. Right, I agree, I'm disappointed too. Get used to it. He's disappointed because he's upset that Scott Boris has involved himself in these negotiations. He went on a huge tirade in his interview that Randy Levine gave about what Scott Boris is doing, how he's getting in the way of a negotiation, how he knows that he's friends, he likes Scott Boris, he's negotiated with them for years, blah, blah, blah. Who cares? Get to the meat. Now he gets there. Randy Levine said, I'm hearing that the union wants to file a grievance. I love our players. I respect them. I've been a big part of baseball forever, and players are the heart of baseball. He went on, and I'm sort of paraphrasing. And then he talked about the fact that he's been practicing law for 40 years, which is true. 
Randy Levine always kept an office actually outside of Yankee Stadium because he always was a practicing lawyer or maybe he was a perfect lawyer. And he was saying that the players are not bargaining in good faith. That is a legal term. He said that he would advise the commissioner that he should implement a season, go to a grievance because the owners will win the grievance. He said, and I quote, I would say there's a 90% chance the clubs would defeat a grievance. Well, I've been involved in a lot of grievances. I've been involved in a lot of lawsuits on both sides. Yeah, I can say on both sides. More often on one side than the other. Have a very good record. There's one thing you learn. When you say to your lawyers, and while I was a lawyer, I never acted as my own lawyer. Hey, I got a question. What's the percentage chance that we're going to win this case? And the lawyer says 90%. Do you know what you do to that lawyer? You fire him or her. Immediately. There's no such thing as 90% in the world of grievances because you have to take into account outside forces that have nothing to do with the facts, that have nothing to do with the law, that have to do with variance, rate of chance. Variance, rate of chance is not a phrase. Why would I say that's a phrase? That's like combining six phrases. You have to take into account the reality that there is going to be variability in any outcome. I got it, Coca. Variability in any outcome. So if Randy Levine is telling Rob Manford there's a 90% chance of winning a grievance, I hope Rob Manford, as an accomplished labor lawyer himself, is not repeating that to 29 teams. I hope that Hal Steinbrenner of the Yankees is not looking at Randy and saying, all right, 90%, let's impose a schedule, let's have a grievance, game on. Sorry, Wilson. I just hit Wilson. I keep hitting him because I'm a little tight in the, in the glove chair. Wilson, you all right? Ay, ay, ay. Sorry. If you're watching on YouTube, thank you. I can't say that now. <laughs> I'll say it in a minute. Although I'm already distracted anyway. Coca, what's the rule on that? Coca said, do not plug the YouTube channel in the middle of making a point. You'll lose the point. People want the point. Well, I ran into Wilson. That was the point. So now I can say, go to YouTube and subscribe. We have our own channel. Make sure you ask questions on Apple. Rate and review our pod. Get a question in for the mailbag. Mail. Get a question in for the mailbag pod. All right. Are we good? Are we good? Back to our regulars, regularly scheduled show. I would assume that Hal Steinrenner doesn't say to Randy Levine, Thank you, Randy. Let's go ahead with the grievance because we got a 90% chance of winning. I hope the commissioner is smart enough to give a counter proposal to the Players Association, and I think it will come today, Friday, June 19th, or tomorrow. If, here's an if, getting back to June, Coke is whispering in my ear. Stop whispering in my ear, making me lose the point again. I didn't lose the point. This is what Coca does. In the middle of a show, start arguing with me about something, and that makes me lose the point. But why would you tell me I've lost the point when in the middle of making a point, we have a show to do? He's, he's got Friday-itis, folks. A lot of companies around CBS, a lot of different teams, are saying that June 19th 
is a holiday. You can take this time as a time of reflection. You can cancel meetings. You cannot schedule meetings. There are teams who are closing their offices. It is possible that Major League Baseball will not submit a proposal because it is June 19th, in which case they'll do it tomorrow on a Saturday. They're not going to wait till Monday. I'll tell you that. In baseball, you learn one thing. There are no weekends. It's six Mondays and a Tuesday. Major League Baseball will come back with a proposal higher than the 60 games they offered, lower than the 70 games the players countered with, no matter how angry the owners are. The owners will come back and say to the players, we will not allow you to take a piece of any TV money that we are getting by expanding the playoffs, which the players ask for, knowing they're not going to get it, knowing they'll give it up. But the owners know that they know that they're going to give it up. So when you know that the other side knows that you know that you're doing something only to give it up later, then it doesn't have the impact. Remember the negotiation that we did to get a new ballpark in Miami where I told you that we told them that we didn't want to rename the team Florida Marlins to Miami Marlins, even though they demanded it. And we kept saying no, no, but they believed us. So when we finally relented, we got something back. That's how you make a trade in a negotiation. When you ask for something that you know the other side is not going to believe that you actually think that you have a chance to get, it's of no use. I'm exhausted. Are you guys exhausted? Don't be. MLB, owners, players, they will get their S-H-I-T together. You're welcome, Mikey. It's Friday. I'm not going to make you do a beep because if I had said shit, you'd have to do that. Oh, my God. I just said shit. That's twice. Sorry, Mikey. Get to work. So let's say we get an entire agreement. Everything's good economically. They stand up. They raise their arms in victory. Does that mean baseball starting? Spring training starting June 28th. Season starts July 20th. Let's go. Guess who's not going to be starting spring training in nine days? In Clearwater, Florida. We've got breaking news. Five Philadelphia Phillies players and three members of the staff in Clearwater tested positive for COVID. The Phillies immediately released a statement confirming this because it was leaked out. They confirmed that the first positive test happened only this Tuesday, June 16th. I've been telling you that I'm living in a Petri dish. You want to know why Wilson and I never leave the house except to go running? Because there's more cases every day than the day before here in South Florida, here in the state of Florida. But don't worry. Spring training's fine. Get all the players together. Nothing bad's going to happen. John Middleton, who's a great owner, when he's not overpaying players, who's not guilty of that? Said the Phillies are committed to the health and welfare of our players, coaches, and staff as our highest priority. Thank you. And as a result of these confirmed tests, all facilities in Clearwater have been closed indefinitely to all players, coaches, and staff and will remain closed until medical authorities are confident that the virus is under control and our facilities are disinfected. 
He does not go on to say whether or not this impacts the 2020 season. He does not go on to say whether they're going to hurry up and clean and get medical clearance by June 28th or 29th to start spring training. Are you getting what I'm trying to tell you? All of you people, including you, Aubrey Huff, you don't want to wear a mask because it's your constitutional right to not wear a mask. Okay, I'm not going to force you to wear a mask. I'm just telling you the danger that you put other people in. If you're willing to do it, okay. The result is that we are going to be stuck as a country where we will have to decide whether to shut it down again. Europe figured it out. They shut it down. They shut it down hard. And their cases went down. Beijing, I agree, we're not China. But Beijing got a few new cases, like a 100, and they shut it down again. This is not a joke. What's it going to take? More Ezekiel Elliott's? More baseball players? How about some more test positive in Orlando? How about the first time the NBA players test positive? No leagues are going to start till they know they can finish. This is significant. And it doesn't help. And I'm not saying one thing about who you should vote for, whether it's Trump or Biden or all the way down the ticket. You know my view is you need to vote. That's always been my view. Where's Dr. Fauci and why is there so much hatred toward him? Why does AMC Theaters release a statement saying we're not requiring face masks because we don't want to get involved in the political mess or the political fight? This is not politics. Dr. Fauci comes out and said today, Americans are not listening to science. People, for one reason or another, don't believe it or are not phased by it. And they go ahead and do things that are either against the guidelines that their own leadership is saying. You wonder why Dr. Fauci isn't a part of any briefings anymore? That's politics. And it makes me crazy, whatever side of the aisle you're on. Science is not political. That's actually funny because people major in political science. Science is not political, but you can study political science. I think political science is completely different than science political. And it is. Facts are facts. Now, you want to make a decision that there's a certain amount of spread, a certain amount of death. That's a decision that every individual, every business owner, and every government official will make. And if you live in a place where you don't like what your government official has decided, Guess what you can do? Vote them out. It makes me sweat the number of times that I am told how upset people are when someone they've elected into office does something that they said they would do once they're elected into office and then they don't like it and they want that person out of office. You've got a way to do it. It's called election day. We got a situation brewing in sports because we have a situation brewing in society. After the break, we're going to talk about 
the Bundy family. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. Welcome back. The Bundy family. No, not Ted Bundy. Al Bundy. One of my great pleasures is when I was invited to the Emmys. I have quite a few stories about going to the Emmys. Me and PJ Loyola went to the Emmys as a guest of Fox and Jeff Krolik. And we were there with all the celebrities. And we got a chance to meet Al Bundy. Ed O'Neill is his name. I wanted to talk about Dutch. Everyone else wanted to talk about Modern Family. I remember him not just in Dutch, but Married with Children. Married with Children, the daughter was played by an actress named Christina Applegate, a phenomenal TV show, not one of my top 10, but phenomenal from back in the day. Well, Christina Applegate has grown up and she has a series called Dead to Me. I watched both seasons this week, 10 episodes per season, half hour per episode. Yes, good math, that's 10 hours. Easy peasy. They fly by. It's about a woman whose husband got run over and killed and how she's dealing with that sounds depressing. It is a dark, dark show. It is a comedy. It is a tragedy. It has more twists and turns than a road on the Pacific Coast Highway. It has an interesting cast powerful performances. But what I like most about it is that you know that something bad is going to happen. You're able to see it happen and it's totally different than what you thought. And then when you think you know what just happened, it turns out you had no idea what just happened and it was something totally different. Check it out. It's called Dead to Me. There's two seasons 10 episodes, I'm telling you, it is absolutely worth it. So you want to talk to Samson. 
That's when you follow me at David P. Sampson on Twitter. Get into my DMs and ask a question, and I will answer it. The following question was asked. My guess is it's from a fan in Canada. Thank you. We're very big in Canada, Coca. Eugene Melnick is the owner of the Ottawa Senators. The Ottawa Senators Foundation actually was one of the beneficiaries of the ML Beer Challenge one of the days. The question says, Eugene Melnick back in the news now after the Ottawa Senators have ended relationship with the Senators Foundation, an organization you have donated to in the ML Beer Challenge. There are reports that only 5,000 of a budgeted million were contributed to Melnick's organ project. What do you make of this? And from your Montreal and Miami experience, could you please explain the key relationship dynamics between a team and its associated charities and foundations? Well, I'm not going to talk about the Senator's Foundation and whether or not it's true that Melnick only put 5,000 in out of a million into some organ project. Maybe true, maybe not true. Don't know. By the way, we're going full circle in this show. I don't know. What I do know is what it means to have a team foundation. I was the president of the Marlins Foundation and the president of the Marlins baseball team. Two different entities. We had a foundation for two reasons. Not necessarily in this order. It's the right thing to do as a member of the corporate community to give back to your community. It is critical that there is a way for players to get money into the community where they play. It is a way to get corporate sponsors to do business with the team by having a charitable component as part of their sponsorship deals. And it is a platform that you have when you are a professional sports team where you can make meaningful change, not always for the right reason, but as a consequentialist, you can make meaningful change. The relationship is very close because foundations are funded by the owners of the team. Foundations run at a loss. They give away more than they make. They've got employees who get paid to run the foundation. But teams always from their general budget, the Marlins every year as part of the general budget would put hundreds of thousands of dollars into the foundation and pay for events that would help fund the foundation and grants that the foundation would make. It was a losing business. I don't even want to call it a business because what business would you run for that long losing money? It's called a charity. The reason why teams have these charities in addition to what I stated is that when you meet with public officials, when you try to get any sort of zoning change, any sort of land deal, any sort of permitting, any sort of public money to build a facility or to refurbish a facility, 
into your capital reserve fund, which is used to make improvements to an existing facility. You've got to be a good corporate and community partner. That's the reality. There are tax benefits to having foundations. There's tax benefits to you. When, you, when I ask you as part of the ML Beer Challenge to give money to one of the organizations, you get to deduct that from your gross income. So your adjusted gross income becomes a lower number. Therefore, your tax liability becomes a lower number. There is a benefit that you receive. It's like an incentive payment. That's how it should be. You've got to incentivize people. Some people are just good because they want to be good. Some people are good because it's in their best interest to be good. Some people are bad even when it's in their best interest to be good. There's never any negative dynamic between a team and the foundation. You go to your owner and you say, what amount of money will you put into the foundation this year? Here's what we're budgeting. You get a number. Then you go to the head of the foundation. You say, what's your budget? They give you a budget of all the events, the golf tournaments, the poker tournaments, the billiard tournaments, the ping pong tournaments, the black tie dinners, the awards dinners, whatever the events are. They say that those events will bring us X dollars. We need Y dollars to give away this year. You will please budget the difference between X and Y. Then I would say, no, that's too much. You're going to have to cut your expenses or no, that's too much. You're going to have to cut your grants or no, that's too little. The owner actually wants to give you more so we can expand our giving. That is the relationship between foundations and their teams. As for you up in Ottawa, eh, your guess is as good as mine. ML Beard Challenge, it's day 96. We are, do you know on Tuesday, this coming Tuesday, whenever you're listening to this, will be day 100. It's, it's hard to imagine. When Coke and I started the ML Beard Challenge, we said that we were not under any circumstances going to shave or trim our beard until MLB has opening day. Not going to do it. We thought it would be a delay. We didn't know how long. We had no idea what our beards would look like. Coca had a beard at the time. He shaved the beard to start the challenge. He said, I'll never be able to grow it past what it is now. Well, guess what, folks? Coca has grown a past where it is now, and it's long and gnarly, and he's despondent. He texts me pictures of food that's caught in his mustache or all of the other issues he's having. Believe me, I'm having the same issues. But we are going to keep going, even if it takes till next year for opening day. For the first 100 days, we've agreed to give away $1,000 a day to a different organization, for 77 days, we did organizations that helped people impacted by COVID. Since day 77, we've done organizations that are involved in helping with social justice, helping Black Lives Matter, helping education, 
helping getting people out to vote. There's a local organization here in Miami that is going to be the beneficiary of Day 96. And it's called Guitars Over Guns. They had me at their name. A quick story about Guitars Over Guns. When I was with the Marlins, we had a grant contest where we would have four or five major partners per season. Organizations would fill out grant applications and there would be a committee of which I was the chairman and I would choose along with members of the committee and the head of the foundation organizations to receive special attention from the Marlins that particular year. One year we got a grant from application from Guitars Over Guns and they didn't get the grant. I didn't feel at that time that they were large enough. I was concerned that they may not be able to handle the donation. They were very, very worthy. And I never forgot in all these years what Guitars Over Guns, what they do. So I want to read to you what they do directly from their website. Guitars Over Guns offers students in Miami from our most vulnerable communities a powerful combination of music education and mentorship with professional musicians to help them overcome hardship, find their voice, and reach their potential as tomorrow's leaders. Guitars Over Guns create safe spaces for youth to express themselves through music and empowers them to make positive choices at school, at home, and in their communities. Anyone out there who believes it should be guns over guitars, I'm perfectly fine with an unfollow. I'm perfectly fine if you don't want to listen to nothing personal anymore. And I'm not talking about your Second Amendment rights here. I'm asking you if you can tell me that you believe it should be guns over guitars. Because I don't. $1,000 to guitars over guns. Well, we're up to our wait to see. We gave you a laundry list of wait to sees that I think are going to come true, that did come true. We had two of them for you yesterday. I got a wait to see for you today, and I read it, and it was too good to be true. There was a report that NBA players are going to start wearing rings. And these rings have a way to actually tell you whether or not, by the way, Coca, I'll stop right here. Do you want me to just stop? I'm stopping. Cut. It is not a report. It is a report. It's a report. It's in the protocol guide. That's a report. You don't have to scream it. The NBA, remember that huge protocol report, which I told you the NFL is going to be bigger than even that, the 113-page report? In that report, NBA players, it's reported, that hasn't been agreed to, so it's not definite. But NBA players will wear a new item that has come out recently. It's a ring 
that takes your temperature, takes your pulse, and it tells you your respiratory function. Better than all of that, it predicts, this is too, too good. This ring predicts up to three days in advance whether you will have COVID-19. And apparently, it's 90% accurate. Well, here we are, nothing personal. And if you're watching on YouTube, and if you're not, you're listening, guess what I'm doing right now? This is my pulse oximeter, and I'm going to take it right now. Let's see where we are. In the middle of a show, no less. So my resting heart rate is about 40 to 43. During a show, I've never taken my heart. So here it is, 99 and 70, down to 69. My pulse is 69. My respiratory function is 99, but this is not a ring. So I don't know. Am I going to have COVID in three days? I got a little bit of sore throat, which happens every single Friday toward the end of the show. Has nothing to do. By the way, I'm up to 72, 99. So the players... Picture wearing this pulse oximeter, which is on my pointer right now. They're going to wear it on their finger. Of course, they don't have to wear it when they're playing. But every other time, they're going to wear it. And better than that, the information will get downloaded to the Walt Disney-style bracelet, which they're going to have. Remember those bracelets, if you've ever been to Walt Disney World? I never use them because I always feel like they're getting all of my information, like my blood type, and they're looking at my phone. I just always figured that Disney World is figuring out, telling me what the wait time is in one of the rides that I like. I wondered, what's the mansion ride, that scary ride in the mansion where you drop down? It's not Space Mountain. It's another one, Tower of Terror, that they'll tell me, Tower of Terror, wait time, 41 minutes. Not for me. I have a fast pass. So you think the NBA players are going to wear these rings because it's in the protocol. Okay. Well, I got a surprise for you. What's going on with these protocols is they then have to be negotiated. They are not imposed on the employees. It will be negotiated. How is it that the NBA players, they wear the ring, it's attached to the bracelet. What are you going to do? Is it like Minority Report? I love that movie, by the way. But is that what it's going to be? Like the precogs in Minority Report, they can tell you when you're going to commit a murder and you get arrested before you get a chance to commit the murder because the precogs are never wrong. Spoiler alert, you can screw around with the precogs and frame someone. So, LeBron James, he's my favorite example because he's trying to win a title, catch Michael Jordan. He's got the ring on going about his day, all of a sudden, it's DEFCON 1000. The Lakers are notified by some sort of microsonic wave from his finger to his bracelet into a database. LeBron, you are three days away from having COVID. So then what? Does that mean he goes into quarantine? Or did you just test him right then and there? But they're supposed to be testing players every day. So what do you test him then? And if he tests negative, you let him play. 
then what's the purpose of the ring? And it's 90% accuracy to predict COVID. So the players are going to agree that if they ever have a reading on their ring, that they will then go into quarantine and miss games. It's game two of the Western Conference Finals, and LeBron James feels perfectly fine, has tested negative, but the ring said he's three days away. So actually, maybe he'll play for three days and then take a test and sit. But what if they play for three days and then he's negative? Then why are they wearing the rings in the first place? Do you get where I'm going with this? Is everyone with me just a little bit here? I understand that there's a company who produces these rings. I think they're called Lava, Vulva, Aura. O-U-R-A, Aura. 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 Any thought on whether they may have a sponsorship agreement with the NBA? We know they've been doing research since the end of March. We know that they were involved with UC San Francisco. By the way, whenever I see UC San Francisco, I believe that's where Bill Cartwright went to college. One of my favorite players before Patrick Ewing came in the league. But now all of a sudden, NBA players are going to be wearing it? I got to wait to see for you. And the wait to see is NBA players will not be wearing the Aura Rings. It will not make it to the final protocol because Adam Silver knows very well that A, he can't force him to wear them, but on top of not forcing him, the players, to wear them, there's actually no action that can be taken that makes any sense if they do wear them and the readings are actually 90% accurate. So while I understand what Aura is trying to do, it is clear to me this plan is dead on arrival. And for me, I would just call up Aura if I'm Adam Silver, and I would say, hey, it's business. It's nothing personal. And that's how nothing personal has always ended its show. But today is a different day as we begin to feel as though change could actually be happening. So today I say happy Juneteenth and have a safe weekend.